0: You learn the most from when you put yourself out there and you launch something and get some early feedback, right? And then you improve and then you launch again and you get other feedback. We went through this startup uh, accelerator called Y Combinator and this is one of their main mantras to launch earlier. And generally, the more innovative the idea, Folks often think they really need to dial it and they should wait longer. You should actually go earlier. There's an inverse relationship because you don't know if it's going to work. So in a short-term rental perspective, right, if you're trying out a new idea or something innovative, you can launch it and put some friendlies in there and just start getting some feedback, right, before you go on to the full system. So my advice would be launch early.
1: Everybody want to get the bag, but y'all really know. Trying to figure out how to start now Blue Gems, got to show you the way Cause we talk finance and amortizing And anything it takes to get real estate We've been grinding up there Finding ways to get paid Better hop on this web Cause we're dropping Blue Gems JB dropping Blue Gems AG dropping Blue Gems New podcast, baby, tune in We in this thing dropping Blue Gems Let's
0: go. Let's, Let's do go. it. Let's do it.
2: Another episode of Blue Gems. Another episode. Jeff Wilson yeah. from Jupe. So excited. Man, we're in Austin, Texas again for this one. So excited to have you. Please introduce yourself and tell us what is Jupe.
0: Yeah, so Jeff Wilson uh, actually lived here in Austin for a good amount of time. My last startup, a prefab modular ADU company, was a few blocks from here. Uh, So uh, sixth generation Texan, been around here a while and then sort of scooted around the world. Um, And what we're building now is a new type of living platform that sets up in a couple hours off grid uh, and you throw some sheets on it and it's ready to rent. So everything's in the box. It basically pops off of the truck and rents same day. And uh, they're, they're really cool. Yeah. And I, I guess we'll get into it. There's a bigger mission, right? A longer mission as well that, that we're after. So Love it, love it. So how many units do you guys actively have going on right now? So we have actually our 15th site is going in today. 83 wow. units in one year. And most of the folks out there to get to 14 sites, as far as we've seen, have taken five to seven years. So we're just getting started. And one of the things that's great about Jupe is that we've designed it to be really scalable. We should do five to eight hundred next year and fifty thousand to eighty thousand the year after that. Talk about scale. That's, that's, that's some that's crazy shit. Big time. <laughs> that is crazy. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. So what,
2: what are what are some of the things that you guys are doing and implementing into your business to be able to scale at this rate?
0: Well, a lot of it is just How How you you think think about the actual product, right? Generally, when you think about a short-term rental or any kind of structure, you lay a foundation. Well, the foundation's already built into the jupe. You drag utilities. Well, the utilities are already built in. Right now, it's just solar power, but we're working on a flushable toilet that's off-grid. You think about... Um, transport. If you are making it in a factory, usually you're loading it on a big truck and shipping it across the country. We can pack twelve on a truck that any of us could drive because they flat pack. And so by productizing, right, you know something like this. Uh, 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 if you're if you're not watching uh, uh, an, an iPhone twelve. Um, or as we were talking about for the show, a Model T, these things are highly scalable because they're productized. The people that designed the jupe um, designed Teslas and designed solar roof tiles. They weren't architects or home builders. And we built the first one in the garage of the guy that was the main structures engineer on Elon's Starship. Oh, wow. wow. So, so we're coming 20%? at this with industries where a lot of this stuff already exists, uh, but applying it into a space it just hasn't been applied in a new way. Amazing. So you're launching your 15th site. Mm-hmm. Where roughly
2: are these 15? You don't have to. Yeah, no. Out. I
0: mean, uh, they uh, go all, this one will be in Ottawa. Actually, we're installing our first international site. Um, they go as far east uh, as the, the, the Washington, D.C. area. Uh, we've got a couple of sites now in Oregon, a uh, bunch in Southern California and spread around California. So we have about 700 leads that we're working on right now. Wow. Um, in the U.S. alone, and so we will expand later this year into Mexico, and then next year we'll start expanding more uh, internationally. And what do you look for in a
1: site? Like how do you target certain areas to, to build on?
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, this is a glamping product. So first off, most of where we're doing this are on pieces of land, generally more than a couple of acres, we generally like to get six or more jupes on there, so the business model makes sense. And it needs to be in an area where uh, this sort of glamping type thing is in demand, which usually means there's national parks, other natural. But frankly, uh, it's booming so much. Even pre-COVID, this was happening. But this industry is growing, depending on who you ask, 13% to 20% year over year. And so if it's a $4 billion industry, we're talking about adding, you know, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars of demand every year with just no supply to satisfy it. So, you know, our, our model and our, our motto is just add land. And so that's the model we're trying to get to is you got a nice piece of land in an area that could rent great. Jupel show up. We'll drop our bedrooms. We'll drop our bathrooms. I'm driving the first prototype of of one of those across the country on Monday, um, and then our next product is a sauna, and then we can throw that on our booking platform and others and uh, split the take. Nice. Elaborate on that a little bit. So you guys have your own a- OTA, like you're doing the marketing? That's right. So we um, looked at a bunch of different models with Jupe. I mean, in the beginning, this flat-packed, modular, set-up-in-an-hour thing, we didn't want know what to do with it, right? We first, we looked at everything from COVID shelters to concert venues to, I'm not kidding you, like, portable pop-up weed gardens, right? That we could drop off an IoT-enabled soil in this foundation, in this chassis, to somebody's driveway, and legally they could grow six weed plants, right? <laughs> and then we came across, you know, we started thinking about higher octane growth markets uh, that, that that the product applied, and we came across this glamping thing. And we're like, wow, okay, Where are the pain points? Well, the pain points are you got a piece of land, you know, even if you can buy a a cheap tent and throw it up, right, you're waiting for that thing to come over from China on Alibaba. It's probably going to last a year. But all the pain points are you got to build a foundation. You got to drag utilities. You got to find a contractor to do these things. You got to go buy furniture. You got to build a deck. Uh, It ain't easy. And so our idea was, what if we could take all that pain away, right, and at a much lower capex to the uh, the landowner or the operator uh, get them get them going day one, often without any permits, which is also crazy, right?
1: Yeah. That was my next question. Like how does, what does the cities feel about this? You know, are there any regulations around what you guys are doing?
0: Well, so as you guys know, and your audience knows, I mean, these are highly localized, right? This is one of the problems with affordable housing in America is, you know, forget about national guidelines or state guidelines or even city guidelines or county guidelines. A lot of times it comes down to the neighborhood. And so our position in our strategy was to go deep out into the desert into the woods into the mountains quite literally where there wasn't as much regulatory pressure on one side right so we're not in the densest parts of the the, the cities yet right And then uh, myself knowing a lot about code and zoning and regulatory stuff from my last startup, my ADU, and I said, okay, well, why don't we design something that doesn't fit very well into any of the categories, right? So jupes don't have a foundation. They uh, don't have any water in them. They're under 200 square feet, which often is considered a shed. They don't have wheels, which is important because a lot of structures with wheels aren't allowed in certain counties, zoning, municipalities. Uh, they pop up in a couple hours, they pop down in a couple hours, yet uh, they're solid, right? So. I don't think folks quite know what it is. I don't know quite what it is it's a jupe but we haven't had uh, any uh, we, we haven't had many problems from a regulatory standpoint and if we do we'll either go through the process or we'll pick them up and move them because it's leave no trace behind right We can have a whole jupe glamping village packed up and out of there and, and literally in 24 hours and you'd never know there was anything there.
2: So that, that, that's a good point. So what about like festivals, concerts? I'm thinking of Burning Man. What if, you know, there's 80,000 people that go Absolutely. Burning Man every single year. What if they were to say, hey, Jupe, you know, could we rent for 10 days, you know, 80,000 of these Jupe's? Is that possible?
0: Absolutely. I mean, we're actually uh, in the process of setting up a site right outside of the Playa. Uh, like this morning, we were talking about this. I went out there last week. Um, Now, that would be a more semi-permanent site, but in the next version, right? Because we think about this almost like cars or iPhones, right? You've got the iPhone 1, the 5, the 4, probably should have skipped that one. (laughs) Um, But, uh, you know, right now we're on V1 of the Jupe, what we call chassis, right? So we actually uh, refer to the flat-packed. Uh, uh, box that all this fits into, like an auto chassis, right? And so when we move to the next version of that, that one will be designed to be even lighter and faster to set up and faster to take down and faster to make uh, in the factory. And that one will be more likely suitable for what we call dynamic supply. So Airbnb's biggest problem is that South By comes into Austin, they have no way to increase their supply by 50%. And they wouldn't want to, right, because South By will be over in 10 days, and now you're stuck with no uh, uh, occupancy ADR. And so for these short-term events like this, if we could design a platform where we could literally roll into Austin, right, with 50,000 jupes, throw them in folks' backyards, right, rent them out for 10 days, Pack them up, you know, a concept we call universal autonomous housing, right? Um, you read about autonomous vehicles and autonomous craft and everything else. If, if, if we could design a system to do that, well, now we're able to map a dynamic supply to what is a dynamic demand. And as you might imagine, you know, there's a lot of other use cases sort of in the what we call juke for good. Wow. That's a game changer. Just that in itself. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like you're just matching its basic market fundamentals 101, right? You have a ton of demand. The demand is super lumpy. You're talking about the slowest asset class on the planet, right? Uh, You're not going to generally scale up and down. So it's going to take a special kind of product company and frankly, a lot of technology. Right. Where we will essentially be managing a fleet, almost like an Uber fleet in a city. We'll be managing a fleet of jupes worldwide.
2: Wow. So, wow.
0: so walk me through a process like let's say I, I
2: get a hold of a representative at Jupe and mm-hmm. say, hey, you know, I have 10 acres in California right by a, a national park. Right. Um, I'm ready to go. It's already ready to go.
0: It, it, it's zoned, blah, blah, blah what can I do? What's the next steps? Boom. Yeah. You would, uh, you'd go on the website, jupe.com, click partner, uh, put in your details. You'd get an automated email with a questionnaire. Um, you'd end up with, uh, talking to me. (laughs) I'm the sales team right now. We're a startup (laughs) marketing brand fundraising podcast guy. Uh, yeah, you, you wear a lot of hats. Uh, and, um, I would basically say, okay, does this, Property qualified, right? You're in an international park. Great. How far are you from the entrance? All right. Let's pull up AirDNA and see what other things are doing in this area. Are there any other glamping sites in this area? Are you going to be the only one? Fantastic, right? Um, What are we looking at? Seasonality. Uh, So trying to calculate a general kind of rev par and then... Uh, we'd say all right great uh that all looks good property's got good views um it's got road access that's about all we need let's figure out uh, how many jupes we can put there and side note we can scale that up right let's say we put 10 jupes on the property and we find out it's absolutely crushing well we can just shift more inventory in right it's something that's not really that easy to do in most scenarios um And then uh, we would uh, talk a little bit about the deal. So generally, uh, the things that we do, uh, you know, we make the jupe, provide it, we get it up there, we set it up, no charge for shipping, right, or or, or any of this stuff. We um, would put it on our booking platform, cross-listed on OTAs. Uh, We would market it, digitally market your specific property, right, on Instagram, uh, Google ads, uh, these things. We would uh, add a star link. So um, we're just doing that on our first properties now because we have a bunch of IoT that's being integrated into the units. So you can know when somebody is there, when they're not Actually, certain things are lifting up and playing with in the jupe. You can know the battery levels. The user will, uh, by next year, know how much carbon they saved by staying in the jupe versus a normal hotel room. It's going to be crazy. These things are basically Teslas, right? We're Tesla-fying. You'll be able to see on your app as a guest the last time someone was in there and how much battery you might have left, Um, turn the AC on on your way to it. I mean, it's gonna be really crazy. So I took a a sort of, those are some of the things that we will do, but then the really cool thing that we do is after a couple of years, um, with the folks that are in this partnership program, we'll actually pull that jupe off your land and we'll go use it for wildfire relief. Or hurricane relief or potentially even ref- potentially even refugees, right? So we're able to write that off and partner up with NGOs to use that jupe for good.
2: We are thrilled to announce Blue Gems management. After building out 24 short-term rental properties of our own, we're now helping other investors buy their time back. With over 300 five-star reviews, we really understand the importance of guest experience. If you're interested in making short-term rentals passive, click the link in the show notes below and someone from our team will contact you soon. Now back to the show.
0: And give your guests and you a brand new, so it'd be like getting a brand new Model S every couple of years and using the other one, right, for, uh, you know, giving folks rides to the grocery store or the doctor that didn't have a car. So that is essentially the the why this program, I think, is very interesting. The other thing I'll say is that we're really starting to move the model Um, towards sort of uh, what we call jupe select or jupe only sites and what this does is it allows us to to have a lot more control with like alongside the owner of making an experience awesome right and that not only includes the jupe's being sort of these high design spaceship looking things on the on the spot but also our bathrooms also have this really sick look it's like Uh, there's some Easter eggs I won't talk about, but, uh, it's like sitting in a work of art and then our saunas will also match that, right. Our zoom rooms that we add eventually. So you can stay longer and we're going to build that entire ecosystem and, uh, sort of experience, right. Along with apps that kind of guide you on a story, right. You're leaving the spaceport of San Francisco going down to this exoplanet jupe. In the redwoods and here's your journey down there and the things that you can see along the way and when you arrive the secret mezcal bar is over here right and the library is over here so we'll be able to just do so many cool things with that ecosystem so Back around to the question, we would then, um, you know, look at what that uh, what that deal looked like. So there's a sort of licensing component, and then there is a rev split, a rev share. And that all uh, slides kind of based on um, a, a lot of different factors, a lot of different knobs. How involved the operator is, how experienced the operator is, because some people are just like, literally just add land i got a beautiful piece of land in montana we're actually talking to a guy right now i don't ever want to go there (laughs) um you guys set it up operate it get the people there i just want to check on the 15th right fine and then some people want to be you know much 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 more involved so that's the model yeah
2: like how much space do you need per juke you have that metric? Yeah, yeah we'd,
0: we'd like, like to, to see it. about 0. 0.2 acres or so per jupe so generally um, you know this uh, this is site dependent if you're you know on 1.2 acres and you want six jupes and you're completely surrounded by McMansions or something right then it probably wouldn't work. Um, maybe you're on a little bit smaller piece of land and you're surrounded on three sides by BLM land, right? it would probably work so we generally as ballparks try to say like 0.2 or a quarter acre yeah now logistically does it make like is there a number a
2: minimum number that a partner could order and is there a maximum number that a partner can Yeah, the,
0: we, we don't usually like to do deals um, less than about six jupes. Um, and uh, a bunch of different reasons. You know, One, just making sure that you're getting the uh, cash flow so that the business model works for everyone, right? Because we want the landowner to have a fast payback and then be getting paid. And then you know we've spent all this money to build these things, transport them. I run a 40,000 square foot factory, um and a crew of 15 people and so we've got to pay that part of this back as well and so that's one on on the business side and then on the transport side our uh, one of our core differentiators is that these things flat pack they go from 12 foot tall structures to 18 inches thick and so that allows us to get um 12 on a truck and so if we were just shipping one or two to Montana, it wouldn't be that much different than shipping an Airstream or a, a container or something. When we can have one driver take 12, right, now it's, we're really getting the, the, the economics and the bang for the buck out of that flat packability.
1: So there's no furniture included in there. You'd have to then add. Furniture's the, in there too. In the 18 inches. Yeah. Wow.
0: So You'll have to go on the website or um, there are some great YouTube videos that you can see on Jupe where it actually. Because it's kind of mind blowing to kind of uh, understand how this right. works. But Without the visual. Essentially it's a, it's a eight and a half wide by 13 feet long by 18 inch thick box. We call it a chassis. And within that, um, everything sort of uh, uh, fits in. So just uh, I know that folks that are just listening in can't see this, but, uh, you know, that that's eight jubes right there. Wow. And that's the next day up in Santa Barbara right wow so they and it's not at the point i don't want to make it sound like you know open sesame right or you push a button and it just it takes a couple of hours and a couple of you know folks to set it up but the idea that then we can flat pack zoom rooms saunas bathrooms right yoga rooms common areas nurseries right really anything we can the longer vision is that we have essentially Uh, A village on a truck, right, that we can set up anywhere on the face of the planet, especially when we move away from canvas and we have hard tops now on top of these, right? And we begin to combine them together. So you put four together and you've got almost 450 square feet, right? So it's a kit of parts that sort of adds up to this autonomous housing vision.
1: And I would imagine that there's a weather component here. Is there any areas where a jupe wouldn't make sense just based on their design and some of the weather conditions?
0: Absolutely. So um, right now in the colder climates, the existing product, um, once you get into the winter, we usually break them down. Uh, people don't realize how heavy snow is.
1: <laughs>
0: um, <sure>. It's water. <laughs> it's like having, you know, six inches of a, a pool, a baby pool sitting uh, on your, your roof. So um, that's the way that we generally handle the really cold climates um, right now where there is a lot of precipitation or snow. We have an R&D a hardtop that can that's a four season insulated hardtop that can you know pretty much take anything Um, from the conditions inside of the jupe in variable weather uh, we've had one out in Joshua Tree for a year and um, you know it gets up to the one teens in the summer and down to the teens in the winter there so um, you don't get a lot of snow so that one stayed up but We have electric blankets that uh, can be built into the mattresses. So it's a hell of a lot more comfortable than any other sort of situation you're going to be in uh, without insulated hard walls.
1: Amazing. Yeah, because I kind of look at a house in four different ways, right? You have your roof, you have your plumbing your HVAC, and electrical. So yep. kind of walk us through each of those components at a high level for, for the jupe.
0: Right, right. So um, yeah, the, the, the idea is that all of that, first off, fits into the base. That's what we're designing to. That's what our engineers and designers are designing to. And that we will eventually get to full-on HVAC off-grid. So right now, um, the first jupes about a year ago had uh, a, a really big battery, and had an inverter and a couple of solar panels in the back that plug and play. And that was enough power to run fans, charge laptops. We have this really cool built-in dimmable LED lights in there uh, that really add a nice ambiance to it and run the electric blanket, a fan. Yeah, that, that's about it on that system. Um, We've now tripled the capacity of that system, bigger panels, bigger batteries, where then you can start to do uh, uh, some more things. Now, you still can't blast the AC like 24-7 on something like that even if you're in Arizona because it's all lost through the insulation. We do now have AC units that also drop into the base. So we're testing these right now out in Joshua Tree. The unfortunate thing about those is that you have to plug them into the grid right so you have to either drag some utilities i wouldn't recommend it i guess you could run an extension cord out there as well i would not recommend that <laughs> <laughs> in fact do not do that <laughs> um Ooh. And, and, and have uh, uh, air-conditioned space. And so um, these sort of boxes, slots in the floor were specifically designed for modularity such that if we wanted to fill them all with batteries, we could essentially have a supercharger. If we wanted to drop a fridge in one, a desk that pops up, right? All, all of this stuff could be modularized within the base. And that's where our sort of patents and IP and a lot of that stuff are. Um, but what's really exciting is all the home automation and IOT stuff that can really help from a hospitality sense, right? Like knowing when somebody checked in, when they were there and when they left, right, is really important in terms of cleaning. And then our system is going to be so automated that when somebody's checked out, you don't even get involved, right? It sends a text directly to the cleaning person, right of like, hey, um, this specific jupe needs to be cleaned or round robins them, right, until one needs to be cleaned. So if you got six jupes, basically we just stack the the automated system. We'll put folks in the clean one until they're all dirty. And then the clean person can come out and make one run, right? Um, so we're trying to think about how we can use technology to improve the operator's efficiency, um, and save them money and time. But ultimately the guest experience is what's going to be really cool, uh, from a technology standpoint, the stuff you do with your Tesla, right? Uh, we, we, I don't know if you'll be able to summon your juke, but, (laughs) uh, eventually we'll get there.
1: Yeah, I'm curious, based on that point, what type of feedback have you gotten so far on the guest experience?
0: Yeah, so first off, off the bat, a couple of things that people absolutely love um, are the design uh, and the, the sleep, how well they sleep in these things, which... Uh, I I anticipated the former because we have one of the best designers in the world. He had designed for Tesla. He actually patented the solar roof tiles for Tesla. I mean, he's a savant, sort of genius, uh, Da Vinci type person that designed these things. They actually kind of look a little bit like cyber trucks, right? (laughs) Like cyber tents. Um, And then the interior of them, we worked with uh, uh, Liz Lambert, a hotelier hotelier that is uh, kind of the queen of cool and boutique hospitality. A lot of the hotels here actually in Austin. She did the um, San Jose and Austin Motel, um, the St. Cecilia, a few of these here. And so the interiors are very clean as well. So people love the design, but we spent a lot of time and money thinking about sleep. Right. Because going into deep nature, as you will, with these jupes, just folks don't get the opportunity to do that. And most of us are not going to load up a backpack and trek two days into Yellowstone and, uh, you know, be eating ramen uh, with, you know, creek water that we have filtered. Just most people don't want to do that. And so going out to a totally pristine jupe site, you're sleeping on an $800 mattress. It's a hell of a lot more comfortable than the one I have at home Um, with a heated blanket surrounded by like Baltic birch and then this thin layer between you and the outside world. It does something to human psychology that some of the most high strung people I know out in Silicon Valley have said, uh, you know who you are, uh, have said uh, they had the best uh, night of sleep of their life. So, um, yeah, folks have really loved that side of the experience. What's cool, too, is we can improve on things, right? Like at one point, uh, there was a leak in one of the tents on the side when, when rain would turn horizontal. Well, nobody's ever designed a tent like this, right? Right. It doesn't look like anything else. So we were able to fix that. Uh, There was some problem with circulation. We were able to have our engineers redesign that. Folks are now wanting more of a covered deck. We're going to have a covered deck that actually also flat packs down that uh, sort sort of covers it. So we're able to take user feedback. And build that directly back into the design process. So, I mean, imagine if you could rebuild your short-term rental, you know, every time somebody said, oh, there's not enough room in the shower or I, you know, I would, I, we, it, I, I'd really prefer it, marble countertops or I really would love to have another uh, 50 square feet in the living area. It's not stuff you can really do anything about. Right. Generally. And since we're productizing this like a phone, we're able to really fine tune that experience first in the physical space, but then with software. Right. So if people are start saying, hey, the lights are too bright, eventually we'll be able to push through a software update. Right. That brings them up a little slower like a Tesla. And so, uh, I mean, we have a we have an amazing software uh, and IOT team. Yeah, amazing team.
1: Wow. So I think one of the things that I'm most interested in about is what does a day in the life look like for you as the CEO of Jupe?
0: It's all over the place. Um, Four months ago here in Austin, uh, well, so a few weeks ago, right, I'm meeting with uh, our sort of lead investors. Uh, these are folks that like made the first investments in Instacart and Coinbet, like Silicon Valley venture capitalists, right, talking about the business model and the, the, the vision. Um, I have been uh, underneath Jupes in Colorado, uh, completely like full of dirt a few weeks after that. Um I have cleaned out toilets as uh part parts of prototypes. Uh um it's a a highly varied uh type of thing and even just planning this podcast, right? I think <laughs> we were in three different locations, three different days cuz <laughs> literally I didn't know where I was going to be 2 days ago. Um And so uh, it's a lot of fun, though. I spend uh, a lot of my time thinking about the vision for the future where we're going, uh, a lot of time recruiting the team, finding the very best people in the world to work with us, and then, you know, helping to build out that culture so they're all working towards their individual goals and our bigger things. Um, And then selling and, um, you know, bringing in capital in terms of uh, investment. So. It's so where I spend most of my time. My co-founder, Antonio, does all the real work. He's the guy that actually gets the stuff built, deployed, set up. Like, uh, he, he he he's a fantastic uh, human with an amazing uh, story. And it also helps that at one point he built a Cadillac Escalade every 57 seconds. So wow. when I was saying crazy numbers before we started the podcast. Those numbers, I've done the math, they're actually like physically possible. It'll be hard to get to the number of jupes we want to build, but if you can build an escalade in 57 seconds, right, you can probably figure out how to build a jupe at least that fast. That's even unfathomable. I don't Yeah. Can't wrap my head around it. Yeah 57 seconds. Yeah, out the door. One out the door every minute, right? I mean, it wasn't a cheap factory. I think it was 3 billion for plus or minus 1 or 2 billion. <laughs> <laughs> Easy numbers. Yeah. So, if you can go back in time, yeah.
1: what's one thing that you would do differently?
0: I think with Jupe I would have been more vulnerable about my shortcomings from past startups and past life, right? Um, I found sharing those while my my chest is still tensing up now, just thinking about some of those hard times and hard failures. They're not things you want to share. But I found um, the more I share them, um, one, the more comfortable I get with sharing them, but folks tend to also open up Um, and want to help and help. And, um, it, it is, it is, I think this idea of being vulnerable is a really, uh, important one that especially a lot of guys, a lot of the startup douche bros, right. Do not get, and, uh, because it's, it's scary, right. To admit this kind of stuff. It's a sort of a soft thing, I guess, but it has, it equals very hard results. When I was able to finally kind of face the demons from some of these past startups, um, that's when the real ideas opened up and began to come, right? And um, I, a lot of what both my co-founder and I are doing at Jupe is just real hard learned lessons from the past yeah
2: curious like where did uh the name jupe derive from what is is there a meaning
0: yeah so it's actually yeah it's a pretty funny story actually um we were called simple structures when i first came up with uh the 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 company name right very engineer. right it's a simple structure that (laughs) pops up right you know make keep it simple Um, and so we were at dinner, I think after maybe raising our first check and, um, my partner at at the time at the dinner table, um, sort of stopped the conversation we were celebrating and said, you know, guys, you know, there's one thing I just don't understand about Elon. And we're like, Oh, what? Like insight. Okay. Why is he so damn lazy? And, uh, you know, kind of looked around, like looked at her and she was like serious, right? She said, no, like like the guy uh, could be a little bit more ambitious. He could get a whole lot more out of his life. I was like, okay, like, I think he works 16 hours, but maybe 18 hours a day for seven days a week for the last 20 years. So I don't know how much you're going to, blood you're going to squeeze out of that stone, right? She said, well, yeah, if you think about it, you know, he's going to Mars and stuff. We're like, yeah, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, If he were to go one more planet, he would get like a 400X and he's just being lazy why colonize mars when you could colonize jupiter and get a much bigger sort of payback and we we're like okay where are you going with this? she goes i think you guys should be more ambitious than elon i was like okay um you should call the company Jupe, like jupiter and um you know it's also one of those like douchey names that all of these startups like zooks jewel <laughs> uber right <laughs> she's like It'll work perfect. You'll probably raise a lot of money if you just call it Jupe. And so we laughed about it for a long time and uh, kept calling ourselves simple structures. And then one day I was like, I wonder who owns Jupe.com, how much they want for it. So I find this guy. Um, he's in Northern California. He's an affordable housing advocate. So I write him the sob story, write, hey, we're a young startup. We have no money. You know, w- would you sell us Jupe.com? And he writes back like, look, guys, four-letter, pronounceable right url it's probably worth a hundred grand at least if you guys really have something it's probably worth more um but look it was my high school nickname i believe in you guys' affordable housing mission i'll sell it to you for a couple of grand if you let me keep my email i was like done We are now Jupe. I don't even know who you are, Simple Structures. Like, (laughs) this is who we are. And it's worked. people seem to, the name works. People seem to like, and there's a story, right? And, you know, when you think about our brand, it's really about really deep nature, really deep technology and deep space as an inspiration. And so it just kind of all, all all worked. So sorry, it's a long story, Man, but there oh, is oh, actually a story. Oh, and a I have story, the though. receipt still from that dinner where I'm like, let's see how big that actually is. It has all these scribbles and stuff on it of me trying to calculate the surface area of Jupiter relative to Mars. And I think I'm off by like an order of magnitude, right? It was a couple of bottles of wine in, but uh, I still have that receipt in my office.
2: <laughs> That's amazing. What yeah. a story. Yeah. So to the STR community, yeah. right? How do you want to help them the most? I mean, yeah. How do you see you helping Jupe helping them the most? Yeah, yeah,
0: I mean, the STR community, um, you know, speaking in the broadest sense, is um activating assets that are underutilized, right? Or not in their highest and best use, if you will. And one of the things that Jupe does in a real kind of um one, one of my base operating principles is to look for the cracks in the system. If I was going to go and give some more advice, right? Um, and, and, and what I mean by the cracks, uh, specifically like in space and time, where there are opportunities to use something in another way. And so when you think about Jupe, you have this potential energy, right, sitting there in the form of land, that could be monetized were something there, right? It's the way that a lot of people thought about their houses when they're traveling, like that crack in time and space could have been used, that gap. And so I think in in situations where folks have a piece of land, right, uh, that they want to activate and monetize and also in a higher level of thinking, bring people into nature and give them the opportunity to enjoy their space, you just add Jupe, right? Jupe's thing is just add land. And so I think uh, for now, uh, this is mostly outside of the cities. Um, but eventually, we we will be able to do this in backyards, rooftops, parking spots, parking garages, like re- really any couple of hundred square feet you can find and then, you know, help you to monetize that. So. Um, I think, you know, folks that, uh, I know that there are a lot of investors, you know, folks that are looking to expand their portfolio and there are a lot of folks always looking at land, right? So we have people now out there going and buying land specifically just to put jupes on it because it's an arbitrage opportunity, right? If that land doesn't have a well, a septic and electric, most people aren't going to want it because that's a $200,000 investment. Even to get those things up and running, well, with Jupe, you don't need it, right? So a lot of folks aren't going to want that piece of land. So um, that 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 is how I think about it. I mean, eventually, I think there will be Jupe funds that go out and run a bunch of analysis and acquire this land really cheap and and, and monetize it. So we're looking for folks that are looking to do that at a, a smaller scale, if down to one. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: And then last question. So our podcast is Blue Gems and yeah, it yeah. just represents like nuggets and tips and advice to the audience. If you could leave one more Blue Gym, it could be about real estate. It could be about short-term rentals. Yeah. It could be about jupes or mindset
0: or running a startup, life in general. So the advice would be to launch before you're ready. And... There is a fear, particularly with like smart A-type or, uh, you know, personalities that uh, they really want to keep dialing something in and not launch it. And you learn the most from when you put yourself out there and you launch something and get some early feedback, right? And then you improve. And then you launch again, and you get other feedback. We went through this startup uh, accelerator called Y Combinator, and this is one of their main mantras to launch earlier. And generally, the more innovative the idea, folks often think they really need to dial it, and they should wait longer. You should actually go earlier. There's an inverse relationship, because you don't know if it's going to work. So in a short-term rental perspective, right, if you're trying out a new idea or something innovative, you can launch it and put some friendlies in there and just start getting some feedback, right, before you go on to the full system. So my advice would be launch early. Well done. Yeah. Man. Amazing. Yeah, thank you guys. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah. We really appreciate your time. Yeah, yeah, thank you.
2: If you're interested in scaling your short-term rental portfolio and networking with like-minded individuals, we host a short-term rental Meet up once a month in downtown Orlando. Click our link below in the show notes to register. See you at the next one. JB dropping blue gems,
1: AG dropping blue gems, new podcast, baby. Tune in. We in this thing dropping blue gems.